From deep inside the vaults of the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, here is Tom Holmes, your curator and guide to vintage electronic music and audio experimentation. This episode, New Arrivals to the Archives. For this episode, my 42nd podcast, I thought it would be fun to play some New Arrivals to the Archives. These are recordings I've recently acquired that fit the mission of the archives to find works that are electronic in nature in any genre, from any country, that tell us something about the multifaceted state of electronic music at those given times. I collect examples of vintage recordings that were normally thought of as being experimental at the time in the way that they used technology and the methods of the composer. Early adopters of a technology are of particular interest In my collection, you will find such things as early field recordings, the first multi-tracked recordings made for commercial release, every recording of the early Moog modular synthesizer, as well as the non-synthesizer handmade electronic music created by David Tudor and the many practitioners who worked with him and charted their own course. These are just some of the avenues I follow in collecting vintage electronic music records. But there were also early adopters for every model of a synthesizer that was ever made. So I try to represent emerging instruments whenever they emerged. One criterion I often have when I am searching for a record is whether or not the instruments are credited on the album. This adds immense value to putting it in the archives, making it possible to find many examples of what these instruments sounded like. I trust that one day music researchers will be interested in telling the difference between the EMS Synthi AKS and ARP 2600, or the Yamaha CS60 and Oberheim TVS1A, or perhaps the Mellotron and the Vibrotron. These are many of the hundreds of instruments that I endeavor to capture in my collection. Doing this New Arrivals episode is a lot like looking through the New Arrivals bin at your local vinyl store. I actually have a rack of recordings waiting to be indexed and entered into the database. The only thing that they have in common, like a record store, is that they haven't been filed yet. My pile of new arrivals generally doesn't accumulate to a great extent, but recently I've made several acquisitions and they have piled up. Saying that, I want to go through each of the new additions, actually flip through the records in front of me and tell you what we're going to hear. I will go through them in order, but uh, for anyone who gets lost, there is a complete playlist on the website for this podcast that details each of the recordings and tells you uh, where it came from, who did it, what kind of instruments are on it, and so forth. And sometimes I'm asked, why do I do this? Well, 
the wide range of musical styles and technology documented in the archives continues to open doors on past culture and practitioners of electronic music across the planet. So the first record is Revolutions Per Minute, the art record. This is from 1982. This is an album of basically poets and artists who are making sound works. One of the works we're listening to is by Vincenzo Agnetti from Italy. He describes it as the deliberately crude assortment of sound fragments adhered together in pieces of sound, remark upon a strange physicality and thereby suggest some sort of mystical or quasi-mystical intention. The next record, the next record is Cyclos by Canarios. It's a Spanish album from the early 70s, and I love this album. It's, it's kind of symphonic rock. Listen to the record. It has a theremin on it. The next record, Technical Space Composer's Crew, Canaxis 5. This is by um, Holger uh, Suke, who uh, was a founder of Can. And around the same time, he created this album, one of his very first uh, solo album. Uh, what he wrote on the back of the album was this. A few months after the foundation of Can, I recorded this first solo album, Canaxis. The music has its origins in different parts of the world. It was arranged with the intuition of exploring and preserving the genuine character and beauty in a new context. Here, for the first time, I tested the idea of sampling. The next album was another early release by uh, Deuter, and it's his album called, well, it's called D. And what's fun about this is that the back of the album has a picture of him sitting on the floor in his bare feet, surrounded by tape recorders and a typewriter, and he's playing bongos, which gives you an idea of what's on this record. It's all by him. It's tape composition. The piece that we're gonna, going to listen to is called Atlantis. And oh, of the other pieces, one of my, my favorite one, is, the name anyways, is Krishna Eating Fish and Chips. Here's an album by the Far East Band. It's a Japanese record and a Japanese band, kind of a, um, a psychedelic jam band, I guess you'd call it. We're going to listen to, I think, three short tracks, Moving, Looking, Yamato, and another one that's an instrumental. There's a nice picture of the band and all their keyboards. Next, The Rhythms of the World, narrated by Langston Hughes with documentary sounds. This was recorded in 1955 by Folkways Records, and it features the African-American author and poet Langston Hughes reading some of his uh, words from his book called The First Book of Rhythms. And they illustrate all of his words with documentary sounds, which are field recordings. This was a really fun record. Next is perhaps one of the ugliest albums I have ever seen. It's Steve Hackett, it's called Defector. And I won't even describe the cover, it's got a face on it and it might be him, I don't know. He's a guitar player, was with Genesis. This album is noted because it has the, um, he uses a Roland guitar synthesizer, but he also uses, plays a Mattel Optagon, kind of a, a toy. 
that used optical discs to operate kind of like a Mellotron. The next album is by Pedro Mocecho. It's for Nova Chord and Orchestra. He was a proud owner of a Hammond Nova Chord. This album, I think, is from the mid-60s, and it's basically dance music for uh, foxtrots, rumbas, and so forth. I picked a, um, a piece that I thought would feature the Nova Chord more prominently than some of the other ones where the orchestra takes over. So this is a, a wonderful album. I'm very surprised that I found it. Next is Enoch Light and the Light Brigade, uh, Dimension 3. Why Dimension 3? It's, as the album says, an astonishing new achievement in stereo recording, the incredible miracle of three-speaker presence. What he meant by that was they recorded, well, the Enoch Light, if you know, was the person who released all these records on the command label in the 1960s. And they kind of took the idea of demonstration records to the next level. They, they were basically a lot of very well-produced, well-played albums of lounge music with exotic instruments and other kinds of things. They recorded this album on 35mm magnetic film to get the fidelity, and it does have great fidelity. And the uh, stereo separation is very distinct, but the third channel, the three-speaker presence, is actually where the left and the right come together in the middle. So that's what, what he calls the third channel. So we're going to listen to a, a piece called Swamp Fire, and I think there's an uncredited appearance on this song by the Andio line, that monophonic organ that uh, was often used for special effects. Now we have the album by Akira Ito. His own album after working with the Far East Band. It's a basically a synthesizer album with, you know, other uh, jazz-like stuff. Uh, let me see what they say on the inside here. It's all Japanese. Yes, I, I, yes this is a Japanese album. The next album is by Elaine Marcusfeld. It's called Contemporous. This is a French album from 1979. He's a, he's a great keyboard player, and I wanted to uh, play part of this long instrumental piece. It had four parts, so I'm playing the first movement where he plays ARP uh, equipment, an ARP polyphonic and an ARP prose soloist. Then we have some synth pop by the group called Masquerade. This is a single. The song is called Guardian Angel. Now, Masquerade did not have many records. I think I've found one collection, but the, this is a single. It uses a PPG Wave synthesizer that was uh, also used by Gary Newman, Depeche Mode, and some others. It was a short-lived synthesizer but it has a wonderful sound. And he's the only real person that I see credited with the music for this group. Then we have a wonderful album by Bruno Meni. It's called Cosmographie. It's electroacoustic music. He studied with Ianis Zanakis, and he turned out to be uh, an audio engineer. But this is the only album I know that he made and I'm going to play a track, uh, a full side of the album. It's a combination of um, music concrete, where you take uh, natural sounds and, and transform them into electronic rhythms and other 
uh, kinds of noise, uh, and music, uh, synthesizer and keyboard sounds. So it's a really beautiful blend of electronic music. Then we have another synth-pop record by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Uh, the song is called Made of New Orleans, the Waltz, Joan of Arc. And this single doesn't have much to be said for it, so it's uh, the, uh, in terms of words. So <laughs> that's that. Then we have a stereo test record by RCOA, which is... Oh, <laughs> the Record Club of America. Um, what I liked about this, the, so we picked up this record at a thrift store, and the um, what I like about it is that all the sounds are created electronically. So I'm picking uh, one track on here to play for the program, and it's the final track, which is called Ultimate Obstacle, All Tests Simultaneously. On the back of the album, it says, after careful study of all audio test records now on the market with a view to incorporating their best features and also to eliminate their frivolous, useless ones, the Record Club of America has created the definitive test record. <laughs> okay. And what better way to lead into Karl Heinz Stockhausen than a test record? So I have a French recording. It's a box set of Microphony 1 and 2 and Procession by Karl Heinz Stockhausen. This was released in France. I have another copy released in America, and there, was another, there were other copies released in Germany. Anyway, this is the same recording as, as appears on the earlier Columbia record that was released in the United States. So Microphony 1 is the one I'm going to play. I, I just want to note that it includes Hugh Davies working with Stockhausen, and uh, controlling the filters and potentiometers. This is an album for essentially for tam-tams, the large symbol, orchestral symbols, and they scrape them with uh, cardboard tubes to get all these wonderful sounds. And they amplify them with microphones and then mix them and filter them. Then we have the wonderful Donna Summer. Now, where what other program would you have? Karl Heinz Stockhausen followed by Donna Summer. Well, I can, I can do that here. So we have The Wanderer, uh, an album by Donna Summer. The piece I'm going to play is one uh, that uh, she wrote and that Giorgio Moroder, the producer of the album, uh, did the music for. And it has a, a lot of electronic sounds, which is why I decided this was a good track to put. And finally, you will remember who Ruth White is. She was a Moog modular composer uh, from the late 60s. She was pretty much an independent composer. She wasn't really affiliated with any schools of composition. She created these wonderful albums for Limelight in the late 60s of purely electronic music, abstract, uh, experimental kinds of sounds. But she was also engaged in uh, making a living in media. So she did media music, and by the time this album came out in the 1980s, she had quite a reputation as the producer of children's records. So this song is from an album called Animals Are Wonderful. It is by Ruth White. It is sung, written and sung by Gary Maynard. There's a wonderful, sounds like a Moog, modular, kind of bubbly, rumbling undertone to this whole song. The song is called The Hippopotamus Song. 
With that, let's listen to New Arrivals to the Archives. Uno, due, tre, quattro, cinque, sei, sette, otto, nove, dieci, uno, due, tre. Cinque, quattro, tre, due, uno. Uno, uno.
5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 1. The Atomic Alphabet by Chris Burden. A for atomic, B for bomb, C for combat, D for dumb, E for energy, F for fallout, G for gorilla, H for holocaust, I for ignite, J for jungle, K for kill, L for life, M for mutant, N for nuclear, O for obliterate, P for panic, Q for quake, R for rubble, S for strike, T for target, U for uranium, V for victory, W for war, X for ray, Y for yeller, Z for zero, hey, hey, hey!
rhythm or one motion starting another. So it is in life. All the rhythms of life in some way are related. You, your baseball, and the universe are brothers through rhythm. Machines move in rhythm. You can hear the rhythm of a pump drilling a well. You can see the rhythms of a ramrod, a piston, a shuttle, a washing machine, an egg beater, or an airplane propeller, and a jet plane. Listen. A railroad engine turns its rhythms into power that carries a train rocking across the rails from city to distant city. clock's balance wheel can be heard in its steady tick-tock. And this is the rhythm of a pendulum. The rhythm of the wind can be heard and felt too. It blows against your body. Certain sounds can be both felt and heard. An explosion at a distance can knock you down. Certain tones on the piano or violin hurt a dog's ears and will set a dog to howling. Some electronic vibrations, like these from a shortwave radio set, men can hear. But other electronic sounds are much too delicate for our ears. Sometimes a dog can hear them though, or a dog can feel them in his ears. They hurt his eardrums. You and I cannot see or hear electricity, but we can feel it, and the shock of electricity may floor you. The unseen rhythms of electronics may take on the force of a moving body. Perhaps tomorrow, men may learn how to use such rhythms to shoot spaceships from the Earth to the moon. This earth, which is our home, moves in its own rhythms around the sun, as do all the planets. The moon moves around the earth as well as around the sun. The rhythms of the sun and moon influence the sea, the seasons, and us, for plants live by the sun, and animals and boys and girls and men and women get up in the morning by the sun. How wonderful are the rhythms of the world. The birds. The rippling brook.
chirp of a cricket. The roar of a lion. The beating of your own heart. That is rhythm. Rhythm. Something we share in common, you and I, with all the plants and animals and people in the world, and with the stars and moon and sun, and with all the whole vast wonderful universe beyond this earth, this earth which is our home.
A hippopotamus sinks down in the mud, down deep in the mud below. What the hippopotamus sees down in the mud, only hippopotamuses know. Then it walks along the bottom of the river, just as easily as walking on the land. Why it walks along the bottom of the river, only hippopotamuses understand. When the hippopotamus comes up from the mud, it snorts into the air. Why it snorts when it comes up from the mud? Only hippopotamuses care. Then it yanks and it pulls at stems and leaves into the giant mouth they go. Why the hippopotamus sees stems and leaves? Surely all the hippopotamuses know. Oh, a hippopotamus sings down in the mud, down deep in the mud below. What the hippopotamus sees down in the mud, only hippopotamuses know. Then it walks along the bottom of the river, just as easily as walking on the land. Why it walks along the bottom of the river, only hippopotamuses understand. Why it walks along the bottom of the river, only hippopotamuses understand. For a complete playlist of the works heard in this program, please see the podcast website. If you would like to learn more about the history of electronic music, please read my book, Electronic and Experimental Music, published by Routledge. So long until next time. All of the music heard in this podcast, unless otherwise indicated, is brought to you from the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, a curated collection of vintage recordings. For a complete playlist, go to theholmesarchive.podbean.com. All crackles, surface noise, and other imperfections heard in this podcast are purely intentional. All intro, outro, and other incidental music is by Tom Holmes, unless otherwise noted in the playlist. For notes about this episode, please see the blog Noise and Notations at tomholmes.com. So long from deep inside the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music.